Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. AEW star confirms release. Fan who attended WrestleMania test positive for COVID-19. And it's been a year since the infamous Black Wednesday from the WWE. And I take you through where all of the released wrestlers have landed. I'm Jaden Becker and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, Check out our writers at dailyddt.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Jaden Becker TV. Last night was AEW Dynamite, and all alone on a Wednesday night, no one there with them, no more NXT that is now on Tuesday nights. But before we get into that, let us check out our news. Uh, AEW Star confirms release. AEW Star. Ivelisse appears that she has confirmed that she has been released from the promotion just hours after claiming she was let go for speaking up against mistreatment. In a statement sent to Fightful Select, Ivelisse stated, I spoke up about mistreatment from a coach, even to other women too. They were witnesses and I was the one suspended and left in limbo and just now let go. And nothing has been done at all the entire time about Thunder Rosa slandering my name the entire time in AEW and doing everything to sabotage my position there. I kept quiet. Thunder Rosa also has a history of getting involved with officials in order to get ahead, which there was a lawsuit and everything in Lucha Underground. That is a quote directly from Ivelisse, and uh, she said it herself, and that that's exactly how she feels. And she has stated also in that quote that she has confirmed her release. AEW is yet to confirm that she has been released, but it's safe to assume that that is so and has happened uh, going forward. Fan who attended WrestleMania test positive for COVID-19. It was inevitable to happen. It's just glad that it is known and that people can go get tested themselves to check if they were around this person or if they're at the person's events that this person was at. The person took to Twitter to urge others to get tested after returning from various wrestling shows, claiming that they received a positive COVID-19 test. They tagged the collective and WrestleMania in the tweet. The person attended Jimmy Lloyd's Degeneration F, Bloodsport, Spring Break, and both WrestleMania 9. So if you were at any of those events, uh, go get yourself checked out just to be safe. Better be safe than sorry at this point with the COVID-19 pandemic. Almost passed it. Almost passed it. But, uh, you know, still have to be safe. And at least it's known that someone at WrestleMania uh, has tested positive so other people can go get checked themselves. There's also stories that float around as well of people that were at WrestleMania knowingly uh, had very well knowledge that they were positive with COVID and still attended the event. That is the most terrible thing someone can do knowing that you have COVID and still going out and doing things that is just absolutely mind-boggling we're going to get right into our show review for last night's AEW Dynamite, but first let us thank our sponsor, Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They assess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. We have an exclusive offer for my listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That is FANSIDED20, all caps, at manscaped.com at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Let's get into this AEW Dynamite. MJF and Mike Tyson backstage to start off the show. MJF offers Tyson a blank check to... uh, 
the pinnacle's corner to try to be in Mike Tyson's favor for the, the pinnacle. Tyson rips it up in MJF's face. A nice diss by MJF talking about regrets. I also mentioned the tattoo on Mike Tyson's face. A fun way to start off the show. Another fun match to start off the show for AEW Dynamite Pack and Ray Phoenix taking on the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Uh, the Young Bucks are heels coming into this match. Young Bucks enter with Don Callis and out of the heel entrance as well. A new attire for the Young Bucks. No more tassels as well. A perfect sign of uh, of the times here with the, the surprising heel turn from the Young Bucks with Matt Jackson going into the babyface corner to make the tag instead of the heel corner where his teammate is. I thought this was fun storytelling because it might even be surprising to him that uh, he's no longer a babyface going into the wrong corner, going into the same corner for the past two years to make the tag, now having to go to the other corner given that is on the near side. Pack and Phoenix with a huge dives to the outside and dominant uh, pace change with Nick Jackson getting involved. A lot of back rakes from the Young Bucks in this match. Not a lot of splashes. There's a couple good spots where they were going to do a big move and just attacked with a back rake instead, which was uh, pretty fun. Matt Jackson mocking him former, his former self excuse me, with uh, a self-pretending uh, heat up on a hot tag, even though there wasn't a hot tag. He was just pretending as if there was and uh, pretending to be the babyface in that situation. A little bit, maybe too soon for that, but why not? Uh, give the crowd everything they want early. Ray Phoenix dominates on a real hot tag of his own. The match turns into a slugfest with all of them laid out on the outside. A black arrow, but the pinfall is broken up. A low blow by Matt Jackson and then rips Ray Phoenix's mask right off his face in a very surprising and a definite heel spot right there. If that's anything heelish ever, that is it. Taking someone's mask off, that is as creme de la creme heel work as it gets. And a double super kick to Ray Phoenix to pick up the win and retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. Great match and a great match to start off the show. A uh, little surprised that they're still doing picture and picture in uh, AEW. I guess it makes sense to do it for the title matches and things like that. But, uh, you know, it's a title match. You want to see it the whole way through. But in, even in the regular matches going throughout the show, we still saw picture and picture, uh, which is a little bit odd given that there's, there's no competitor directly against them that someone could switch over the channel to. It's not like when they go into commercial, someone goes over to NXT now. No, they can't do that. They just stay on AEW. So it's better off for them just to have regular commercials. I guess we all enjoy picture and picture in a way. And, you know, Jim Ross saying, oh, picture and picture. You know, we all enjoy that. But, uh, you know, it's just a little bit weird to still see it uh, at this point. In our next match, Red Velvet takes on Jade Cargill. Velvet can't contain herself attacking Cargill before the bell. Velvet with a huge dive to the outside. Cargill sending Velvet over the barricade into the locker room fans ringside. Velvet, very fiery comeback. Uh as uh, Cargo connects with uh, Jaded to pick up the win. So Velvet's fiery comeback wasn't enough to uh, stay on top as Cargo was the victor in this one. Solid women's match that is not on at 920 Eastern as we usually expect. This one was on at 840, I believe, 830, 840. So, uh, you know, fun, fun. At least not, not on at, eight, at nine, uh, 920 as every women's match is on AEW. But this match is really, really good. Jade Cargo is going to move on her way up to the top. Red Velvet, for whatever reason, has her way up in the rankings because she has some wins on Dark, but uh, DMD, Britt Baker, going to make a change there, as she said throughout a couple promos in the show. One specific promo in the show, she said that uh, she was going to do some matches on Dark Elevation and in AEW Dark to get her wins up to be able to contend for the AEW Women's Championship. In our next match, Anthony Ogogo versus Cole Carter. Only seven months in the business for Cole Carter. Poor kid squashed with one punch to the gut. 
by Anthony Agogo, a former uh, Olympic boxer, bronze medalist for uh, Great Britain. Uh, but, you know, a quick squash match that had no substance and nothing really much to me. Uh, they guess they, they do introduce the uh, faction, if you will, called uh, The Factory, which is another faction here on uh, All Faction Wrestling, AFW, if you want to call it that. So, uh, alrighty then. <laughs> Next match, that's all I really have to say. Dax Harwood versus Chris Jericho with special enforcer Mike Tyson. This was not the main event. The main event was a TNT championship match between Darby Allen and Matt Hardy. Uh, this was uh, a 9 o'clock match if you will so if someone's turning on the tv at nine o'clock they get to see mike tyson so why not jericho goes to use a chair tyson stops him hardwood goes to use floyd at jericho's baseball bat and tyson stops him so calling it down the middle if you will jericho picks up a camera from ringside and attacks hardwood not with the camera but with a strong kick but while using the camera so great uh, camera angle perspective there multiple illegal actions throughout the match like a pen strike to the head uh, multiple illegal things ref doesn't call it tyson doesn't see it whatever whatever i think it's just accepted at that point uh mike tyson doing a poor job enforcing if you will good back and forth a code breaker from jericho inner circle and pinnacle brawl makes uh its way to the stage tyson stops cash wheeler from uh using a bat uh with a strong right hand to the face, and that one looked like it connected pretty good. Uh, Jericho wins with a Judas effect, Jericho making Tyson an official member of the inner circle. Why not just keep on adding to the factions? At one point, every person in AEW will be a part of a faction or part of an established team, which it, it just seems to be going in this point, which is um, it's not fun in my perspective. Chris Statlander versus Amber Nova. Welcome back, Statlander. Coming back off of a, a knee injury uh, that kept her on the shelf for a very long time. I want to say over a, a year or so. Uh, she's been around. She's might have been like a year and a half or something like that where Chris Statlander hasn't been around for AEW. Her last singles match, I believe, was in 2019 uh, with AEW. But welcome back, and this is this is Amber Nova's AEW debut. Uh, Chris Stantlander's with a boops for everyone, giving a nice little boops on the nose, as she uh, was best known for doing back in 2019. Uh, loving Statlander's methodic pace in this match, uh, with strong strikes when necessary. So uh, Chris Statlander, even though extremely athletic, uh, using her athletic in bursts here, which I thought was really nice. Supernova by Statlander to pick up the win, and obviously now uh, with the best friends in that group. I wouldn't call that a faction, at least not yet, but I uh, did the building up a group here and another group to keep track of here in AW. Christian Cage. Cage, of course, uh, gets out a few words before Team Taz enters asking for his answer of joining Team Taz or not. Cage says no. Taz flips and he says the audacity of you to wear my colors to the ring, which I thought was pretty nice. And, you know, I, I think colors nowadays kind of get blurred. Like, you know, we talk about Bret Hart and his colors were, were, you know, the bright pink and the black and no one else brought, wore bright pink and black because those were his colors. And team and, and Taz, his colors, his, his black and orange and you know for christian cage to wear that to the ring i thought that was a pretty unique take there too as well and good noticing that there by taz because i wouldn't have noticed that i wouldn't have even acknowledged that because this day and age of pro wrestling colors aren't really a thing anymore cage attacked by powerhouse hobbs they're gonna make cage look real real strong in these next coming weeks even though he's pretty old 
And uh, I, I don't really give him the benefit of the doubt as you usually give like a Goldberg, if you will, because we all know what Goldberg did back in the day and what Goldberg does now. Cage doesn't stand, it doesn't sniff leather compared to what Goldberg did back in the day for WCW. I guess you can argue some points for Christian Cage in, in, in WWE, but his run was always in the shadow of Edge. And uh, yes, he did have his moments and he had a huge moments in TNA, what's making him, make, making us believe that he can do it again now in AEW. But on such a minute, not one say minute, but such a, a shadowed uh, playing field on TNA at the time for him to come over to AEW now and forcing us to believe that he could be a contender for the AEW championship. Uh, it, to me, I, if some people could buy it, I guess good for them, but I, I can't buy it. I, I don't think he's anywhere near, anywhere close to uh, the AEW championship in my eyes. Moving on to the main event, Matt Hardy versus Darby Allin in a false Count Anywhere match for the TNT Championship. Darby Allin coming into this match as the TNT Champion. Hardy grabs a chair immediately to start the match. Hardy using it early on to his advantage. As soon as Darby Allin gains any type of offense here in this one, the Hardy family office made their way out from the back and attacked Darby Allin. Dark Order and Sting enter to save... To save uh, uh, Darby Allen in this one. Lance Archer enters an attacking private party to possibly show his allegiance to Sting in this one. A low blow and twist of fate from Hardy with Allen's head stuck in a steel chair. A leg dropped through a table backstage by Hardy. A nice spot there by Hardy for him to uh, you know, bring out some, some Hardy roots, if you will, jumping off of ladders and things like that. Good to see that from him. He's still got it in him. Allen connects with a low blow of his own to Hardy. Allen attacking Hardy with a Sting's bat that Sting tossed to him earlier on in this match. A coffin drop through the announce table for Darby Allen to win and retain the TNT Championship in a pretty great match for from these two. Uh, Matt Hardy pulling out some of his classics here in this one. Darby Allen doing what he has to do. Pulling a, a Jeff Hardy, if you will, climbing up things and uh, making a big splash onto that announce table. That announce table is no, no average uh, uh, table, if you will. And it's not like a breakaway thing either. So that took some force in it. And a pretty good bump there for Darby Allen to uh, send Matt Hardy through that announce table. Great match with a fun storytelling throughout, uh, having Sting get involved, having the Dark Order get involved, having Mar Hard Matt Hardy's family get involved, family office, if you will. I feel like sometimes AEW adds too much into one segment, especially into a main event to end a show. I feel like it leaves people... Uh, gathering too much at once especially to end the night i feel like it's too much sometimes and i felt like they walked the line in this segment here with lance archer getting involved as well continuing the story with sting i feel like that was an unnecessary spot but still having it in there i'm not going to knock them for it but i'm not going to promote them for it either i feel like it might have been a little bit too much they're walking the line there, walking the line of uh storytelling throughout one segment because if you throw too too much in the pot there it all starts to taste like one flavor and uh uh, it, it messes me up a little bit, but for for you, if you if you're able to gather all that all at once in that one main event segment, good for you. But for some people, I feel like that might be a little bit too much at the same time, throwing all that story at you all at once. So for this AEW, I'm gonna give it a B. Uh, I thought it was solid, nothing crazy, nothing that super duper blew me away. The main event was pretty good, and uh, the Pack and Ray Phoenix versus Young Bucks uh, for it to open the show was good as well, and uh, the, the Mike Tyson stuff in the middle. You know, three solid matches throughout this show. And, uh, you know, the solid AW, solid AW, nothing that blew me away. Some NXT on Tuesday had some stuff that blew me away, uh, especially with the segment with uh, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, and Raquel Gonzalez all standing together. That was a blowaway moment that put me head over heels for that. In, in this one, for um, 
for AEW. Nothing really that blew blew me away, but still three solid, consistent matches that uh, I'm happy to see. So a solid B for them. Uh, should should I be comparing and contrasting NXT still with AEW? Let me know. I feel like uh, I, I kind of have to in my in the back of my head because this for me they've been they've been handcuffed together, holding hands for so so long, and for now for 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 them to be broken away, I feel like oh you know for me not to compare them anymore. It's tough, but I'll do my best not to. But nothing that really blew me away here for AEW, but still a solid show. All right, we're gonna head into the break, but when we come back, a year since Black Wednesday, where are the pro wrestlers now? Stick with us right here on the Daily DGT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history is brought to you by Earth Eco Foods. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy a rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you're doing something good for your body. Earth Eco Foods starts with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits, then blended with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with the truly decadent, healthy, and guilt-free chocolate removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to the paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. For up to 15% off, please visit eartheecofoods.com slash minutemedia and use codes MINUTE15. That is MINUTE15, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. Reach your full potential inspired by Natured with Earth Eco Food. On April 15th, 2020, many WWE talent were relieved of their contract due to the COVID-19 pandemic. On a day that is now known as Black Wednesday, 21 talent and over 40% of the backstage crew were let go by the WWE to save cost. The cuts saved $4 million a month, while WWE had over $500 million in reserves, while also having contracts with NBC and Fox for over $400 million per year. One of the saddest days in pro wrestling history that still affect the wrestling world a year later. So that's what this next segment is all about. A year since Black Wednesday, where are all the talent that were released by the WWE? Where are they at now? Are they currently competing in another promotion? Have they fallen off the face of the earth? Have they retired? Have they done something else? That's This is what this segment is all about. Uh, giving homage and giving uh, hope to all the people that have been affected through COVID-19 and what uh, WWE talent previous WWE talent, I should say, have done moving forward. So starting off, at, I'm going down the list that WWE actually gave their uh, their goodbye, uh, you know, the best in their future endeavors uh, announcement or their press release. Uh, I'm going off that list in the exact order as they named it, and uh, that's where I'll continue. I think I switched some around in a different order to better compared compared to where the people went so some people went to impact some people went to aw some people went to other places into independent circuits so to better group people together uh that that's what i did but i have all the names from that press release so starting off with kurt angle angle made a short short return to the wwe when announced that angle will be the special guest referee in a steel cage match between riddle and timothy thatcher on nxt angle made a short return once again to wwe when riddle was called up to the main roster Angle is currently focusing on his health and his nutrition business. Drake Maverick, due to Jordan Devlin being stuck in the United Kingdom, he was stripped of the NXT Cruiserweight Championship and an eight-man, two-block, G1-style tournament, as I'm reading the, the quote here, is, and pretty much how the tournament was, was held to crown an interim championship. Drake Maverick was announced for the tournament, but was released just days after he was announced to be involved. In an emotional statement, 
Maverick said that WWE allowed him to work the tournament and then leave. It would all count towards his 90-day no-compete clause, even though he would be competing, it would be competing for the WWE. His release was incorporated into a storyline as Maverick actually won the Group A, uh, the A group of the uh, Cruiserweight Championship tournament, outlasting both Kushida and Jake Atlas in a triple threat tiebreaker final. He lost the championship final to El Hijo del Fantasma, now Santos Escobar, who is still, uh, no, actually no longer the current uh, NXT uh, champion, and that now goes to Kushida. As a result of his performance throughout the tournament and the overall fan response, Triple H would appear behind Maverick after losing the finals and handing him a new contract. Uh, this hit a lot of people the wrong way when Triple H gave him a new contract, and given the fact that they incorporated uh, a storyline that, legitimately affected many people in the WWE uh, out of a job and now going to find new jobs. Drake Maverick able to earn his back. And a lot of people took this the wrong way, took it in a sense of, uh, you know, why why are they building a storyline through uh, someone actually losing his job or losing her job and now this one getting his job back. Uh, it, it was hit a lot of people differently. I thought this was, this was pretty cool to see him get his job back in a sense of uh, how well he was physically able to perform in the ring. So... Yeah, good on NXT for recognizing that and recognizing the crowd response, even though there's no fans in attendance, recognizing the response on social media that uh, we want to see Drake Maverick still in NXT. And he is still there today, right now, tag teaming with uh, Killian Dane and uh, previously just losing a, a shot against uh, MSK for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Next, Zack Ryder. Ryder has been seen on AEW and now having his own run on Impact Wrestling, going under his real name, Matt Cardona, Currently feuding with the next person I'm going to mention, Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins made his return to Impact Wrestling going by his real name, Brian Myers. Myers has been given the most professional wrestler gimmick, even though Myers has worked a good amount of gimmick matches for Impact recently. Currently, Myers is feuding with real-life friend Matt Cardona. So uh, these two having you know their podcast together and now having... Uh, uh, a feud together on Impact Wrestling. It's fun to see. Very, very fun to see. And now they finally had the opportunity to work with each other in, a, in actually against each other instead of with each other in a tag team sense. They're working against each other in a way of uh, actually having matches. So really, really nice to see uh, these two still riding together on Impact Wrestling. The actual whole dynamic is that Kurt, uh, that Brian Myers doesn't want Matt Cardona there, saying that Brian Myers, this, this is my place now. This is my home. Why are you coming here? A really, really nice dynamic. And for them to still be working on a, at least a national scale in Impact Wrestling and a show that I review here on the Daily DDT Podcast. Nice to see them continuously continue their pro wrestling career. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows made their Impact Wrestling debut, uh, winning the Impact Tag Team titles. Since then, they have dropped the titles to New Japan Pro Wrestling's Finjuice and have been spending most of their time realigning themselves with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks on AEW. Gallows and Anderson have become the second tag team ever to win gold in New Japan, WWE, and Impact, uh, only behind the Dudley Boys. So, uh, Gals and Anderson have resurged themselves since the uh, WWE. They were great in the WWE with AJ Styles, and now uh, re-emerging the trying to build the Bullet Club back, if you will, in AEW with uh, Kenny Omega, with uh, the Young Bucks, with uh, Don Callis. A fantastic story being told for them to not only appear on one brand on Impact Wrestling, but also to appear on AEW as well. Uh, something more than I think they could have ever asked for with the WWE. 
Moving on, Heath Slater. Heath Slater hasn't done much uh, since his release. Slater would invade a, a Slammiversary with Impact Wrestling by cutting a promo, then laying out Rahit Raju. Uh, Sl uh, Slater would then make an appearance on an episode of WWE Monday Night Raw to confront Drew McIntyre in an emotional and surprising segment of him telling McIntyre, you never called me, man. We, we were 3MB guys. You never called me. You never let me know what was going on. McIntyre making his way to the top and Slater being released by the WWE. Most recently, Heath has joined Extreme Intense Championship Wrestling Independent Circuit and Heath and Rhino defeated DBA and Jamie Cox to become the XICW Tag Team Champions. Moving on, Eric Young would also make his return at Slammiversary as one of the two mystery men in the Fatal 5-Way World Heavyweight title match. Young, after his debut, would go on to face Eddie Edwards to win the Impact World Championship. After dropping the title to Rich Swan. Young has moved on to create his own new group named Violent by Design with Joe Doring, Diener, and Rhino. Young tore his ACL in late March of this year, leaving him out of action for six to nine months. But in what he has done since his release... With Impact Wrestling is more than I think a lot of people could ever ask for. Become a world champion, start your own group as the leader of that group, and to have, have a fantastic heel run uh, throughout 2020 and now into 2021. Obviously, injuries uh, sidelining him for quite some time, six to nine months, but I'm sure he'll be back and back on top as ever with Impact Wrestling. Moving on, Eric Rowan. Uh, following his release with the WWE, Rowan began uh, taking bookings under his ring name, Eric Redbeard, uh, in the independent circuit. Uh, following the death of his former WWE tag team partner with the Wyatt family, uh, Luke Harper, slash now known as Brody Lee, Rowan appeared on AEW to help the Dark Order in attacking uh, Wardlow. Uh, Rowan would hold up a sign that said, Goodbye for now, my brother. See you down the road. Eric Rowan's continuing to work independent shows. I even see him on TikTok sometimes. Some people post videos of him on TikTok working independent shows. So good to see him still wrestling. But we, I think we all wish for someone to go to Raw back down to the independent circuit. Uh, some, we all wish for him to be uh, somewhere, working somewhere for a major company. Sarah Logan. Uh, Logan announced in June of 2020 that she would be stepping away from professional wrestling for the foreseeable future. This isn't all bad, as this was mostly because Sarah Logan was having a baby. On February 9th, 2021, Raymond Rowe... Eric from the Viking Raiders and Logan welcomed a son named Raymond Cash Rowe. Congratulations to them both once again. Uh, that actually was on the, the that February 9th, 2021 is the first day of the Daily DDT podcast. So, uh, you know, since then they've been raising a, a child. So, uh, obviously not wrestling, but for a different reason now, a mother, Sarah Logan. No Way Jose, following his release from WWE, Jose began taking bookings under the ring name Levy Valenz, uh, working the independent circuit once again, uh, haven't found anything bigger than that. Mike Kyoto, former referee for the WWE, Kyoto made his All Elite Wrestling debut as the referee for AEW TNT Championship match between Cody Rhodes and Scorpio Sky. Later in the night, he officiated a match between Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. On November 7th, 2020, Mike Kyoto returned to referee the TNT Championship match between Cody Rhodes and Darby Allin at full gear. So Kyoto still making his rounds as a referee and working some matches, some big matches for AEW at that. And Kyoto always before 
will forever be known in the WWE in my head as the guy that was always there for the Money in the Bank cash-ins. Mike Kanellis and Maria Kanellis, both Mike and Maria Kanellis, now known as Mike and Maria Bennett, spent some time in NWA after their release from the WWE. Now the two have returned to Ring of Honor and have officially signed full-time with them. I believe that happened yesterday. They, they signed full-time with Ring of Honor, uh, Mike and uh, Maria Bennett. So uh, good for them. Now finding some, uh, some standing with uh, Ring of Honor. EC3, since EC3's release, he spent some time on the independent circuit, made an appearance on Impact Wrestling, where he made his, his real name in pro wrestling back in TNA and with Impact. It finally found a home with Ring of Honor. EC3 would sign a contract with Ring of Honor on February 25th and has had some decent matches on Ring of Honor, best most notably for his match against uh, one of the Briscoe brothers. Aiden English. Aiden English has worked the independent circuit since his release under his real name, Matthew Redwolt. I think I believe I'm saying that right, and that's one of the main reasons why he went under Aiden English because Redwolt is not an easy name to uh, pronounce. So the WWE obviously changing his name and best known for his run in, in the WWE, getting over uh, Rusev Day with Rusev, and I'll talk about him in a little bit under the honorable mentions names. Uh, but uh, yes, yeah, still working the independent circuit, Aiden English. One big name to um, be doing a lot since his release, and maybe not on the hugest stage in the mall, but still racking up the, t the championships, Leo Rush. Rush has found some success since leaving WWE, first with GCW defeating ACH in a big match, a participant in the Super J Cup in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and Rush signed with MLW in November of 2020. He debuted at, for MLW at Kings of Coliseum on January 6, 2021. Uh, where he defeated Myron Reed to win the World Middleweight Championship. One month later, Rush defeated Laredo Kid to win the AAA World Cruiserweight Championship, becoming a double champion, which he still holds both to this day. Leo Rush holding two belts, which is uh, awesome to see, and uh, can continues to be a superstar for MLW, signing that long-term contract. Primo and Epico, a tag team with the WWE that didn't do much with the WWE during their release and still haven't done much, to my knowledge, since being released by the WWE, so I wish I could give you a news update on them both, but they haven't really been doing much on the uh, pro wrestling world, if you will. I'm going to drop a few honorable mention names that weren't released directly uh, on April 15th, 2020. Uh, they were released either prior or after the fact, and... Uh, just names that were released and a couple really big names, three really big names that were released and have made huge, huge splashes in the world of uh, professional wrestling. So Deanna Perrazzo, Deanna Perrazzo on the same night of her Impact debut would dethrone Jordan Grace to win the Knockouts Championship. She holds the championships to this day. Perrazzo was also granted the honor of Knockout of the Year and Wrestler of the Year for Impact Wrestling. To go from NXT to Impact and make the splash that she did on Impact is unprecedented. And for her to still be reigning today as one of the top stars, male or female Impact, really shows her worth and what she was able to do even after a tough time after Black Wednesday and after being released by NXT. Rusev, now known as Miro with AEW, took a little bit of time to find where he was going to land. Uh, Rusev, or now Miro, uh, after WWE. But Miro made his AEW debut as Kip Sabian's best man. Uh, even did a wedding segment earlier uh, this month. Uh, actually, no, earlier, earlier in the month of February, I believe. And Miro, on the most recent episode of AEW Dynamite, 
believes that he wants to break away from Kip Sabian to win championships in AEW. Finally breaking away from Kip Sabian. Not that that run was bad. It's just a run that really didn't benefit Miro in any way. It just benefited him for him to make his debut. But now... Uh, what Miro should should be his own man going for his own championships and being the best he could possibly be in the ring. Uh, I'm excited to see what Miro can do as an absolute beast in AEW. And if they book him in that direction, I'm really, really excited to see what championships he can hold up. Uh, there's no question that he can hold the TNT championship. Obviously, questions if he can hold the AEW championship given the the tenure and the uh, the the men that have held it prior. Uh, I don't think Miro would be in, possibly in line way, 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 way down the line, but TNT Championship for sure, he would be a real big threat to Darby Allin. And finally, The Revival. The Revival debuted on Dynamite in early July under the names Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood uh, as FTR. They would win the AEW tag titles at All Out, but drop them at full gear to the Young Bucks, now part of the pinnacle with MJF and Sean Spears. FTR has been a fantastic tag team and a fantastic tag team division in AEW. And for them to hold their own, in their own right in that division. Uh, not that a lot of people had questions if they could do so. They even they had those fantastic mat that, that fantastic match with the Young Bucks and people been waiting so long for that match to see FTR take on the Young Bucks and they even come out and they said the build to that match might have not might have not have been what they wanted, but they were still very happy to have that match that was rated very well and uh, taken well by many fans and at that rate as well. So there's, those are the names for Black Wednesday and even gave you a couple extra that weren't a part of that day itself. And I feel like on a new era of On This Day in Pro Wrestling history, we're now with uh, with uh, Earth Eco Foods coming along for the ride. Uh, it, it, it's fun to have uh, this type of segment grow to a little bit bigger than what I usually have to start off B-Block. Now let's bring it to uh, talk about what's going on in the world a year later. And uh, seeing now that most of these stars uh, have found success in the world of professional wrestling outside the WWE really warms the heart knowing that you know, these wrestlers were able to uh, you know pick up where they left off before the WWE and now using their WWE either success or failure to move forward and you know especially Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows obviously they had success prior in with the WWE but now uh, with AEW and Impact with them it's awesome to see awesome 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 to see a lot of these stars not on the major major scale some of that at a at a ring of honor some of them at major league wrestling some of them obviously on the independent circuit but still finding their way through and possibly maybe one day back to the WWE possibly Looking on to our next episode, Impact Wrestling, now moving back to Thursday nights as a, where they once were before the pandemic and now where they are uh, fighting after the pandemic or the back end of it, hopefully the back end of it. Uh, Impact Wrestling, Hardcore Justice, Fallout. The Hardcore Justice was on the same day as WrestleMania. I did not watch Hardcore Justice, but I do know what happened. Uh, press conference between Rich Swan and Kenny Omega. Jazz's retirement officially being announced. TJP versus Josh Alexander. Matt Cardona and Brian Myers will choose each other's fate when Pick Your Poison returns. And Hathak and Nevaeh on BTI before the Impact. A little upset that they're on BTI and not on the main show for Impact Wrestling, given that that's a pretty big match. 
But that's all for me. Remember to get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDE20 at manstate.com. And for up to 50% off, please visit EarthEcoFoods slash MinuteMedia and use the code MINUTE15. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.